This is Hammond. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. If you like what you're listening to, please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. If you give five bucks a month, you get ad-free episodes. And let me give a huge shout out to some of our more recent Patreon subscribers. So many thanks to Copper C, Chris A, Willa, Michael M, Jason O, Joni M, Alex T, Tad H, Ajay R, Kelly and Ryan, thank you so much for your support. We appreciate it. Thanks, everyone. How are you? I'm okay. How are you doing? Excellent. Excellent, sure. he says. Uh, it, yeah, sure. I mean, excellent and meh would get the same reaction. Sure, so sure, sure. They're all Things the same. Things are pretty garbage in a lot of ways right now. <laughs> any, uh, any good stories? None. Oh, good. <laughs> good, good, good. Then we can just wrap this up? We can wrap this up. Um, I There are so many things I wrote down that I want to talk about. Let me start with one that caught my attention just yesterday. Uh, in Wisconsin, uh, where there is a Democratic governor but a Republican legislature, they the Republicans are currently pushing a bill. It's technically Assembly Bill 562, and it would require school boards to notify parents anytime sexual orientation, gender, gender identity, or gender expression comes up at all in schools. So on a test, in a project, like anywhere, you got to let parents know this is going on because they have to have the option to opt their kids out of it. Uh-huh. And so it's just stupidly bigoted. Sure. I mean, not that there would be any other type of bigotry, but like as if the mere existence of LGBTQ people or characters in a book is or anything. That, yeah, is parents need to be warned about. <laughs> right. So there was a hearing on the bill. No one's taking any votes on it right now. It's uh-huh. just proposed. The bill is filed. And so the, one of the several GOP sponsors, her name is Donna Rosar, was basically asked by a Democratic lawmaker, well, do, what if a history book mentions someone like Harvey Milk? Uh, the San Francisco openly gay elected official, mm-hmm. first openly gay elected person in America mm-hmm. who was then assassinated. Like if a history book mentions Harvey Milk, uh-huh. uh, do parents need to be warned about that? Like, or I mean, oh, so you're so you're wondering, is it if they're talking about LGBTQ, LGBTQ issues versus a person who is who is LGBTQ? LGBTQ. Right. And so this Democrat was saying, like, well, I mean, the implication here is he's part of history. This is an important part of American Mm. history. This isn't advocacy of anything, but he's important. Like, so do you do you think that needs to be uh, that needs to result in a warning to parents? I'm going to I'm going to tell you what she said. Oh, good. Because it's insane. Oh, good. Um, Here's how it went. Uh, Here's the Democratic lawmaker. So if there's a book in the library that students can read or are going to be part of a history project about Harvey Milk. Do the parents need to be notified that Harvey Milk is going to be mentioned in a book that they're reading, you know, uh, people in America, famous people? I mean, he's got a stamp, you know? This isn't a random dude. This is a famous American is Uh the implication Uh here. Here's Rosar's answer. I'll try my best to imitate her. Oh, God. I don't... I'm I'm not familiar. Is, Is that a real person? I mean... Oh, no. I mean, are you just throwing that out as a... To which the Democrat responds, he's a very real person. Wow. Oh, oh, okay, I'm sorry. I'm not familiar with him. <laughs> Who is this? Wait, what is this woman's position? Her position is 
every gay person, trans person in anything, you have to send the warning, right? Right. And so she was just asked, what about but, this famous But I gay mean, person? like, her professional, is she just a parent or no, is she a she's teacher? she's a state lawmaker. Okay, Hemant. Yes. But Harvey Milk is really famous. This uh-huh. thing. I thought you were going to say she was like a science teacher or something like that. No, I was she's only the lawmaker writing this bill. Cool. And then cool, the cool, Democratic cool. lawmaker was like, Jesus Christ. But OK, let me try again. <laughs> so she's like, do parents need to be notified about someone like Pete Buttigieg if we're talking about the presidential election in 2020 because he ran for it? Pete who what now? <laughs> And then the Democrat is like, do you know who Pete Buttigieg is? <laughs> and she's like, yes, I know who he is. And then she finally He's answered the question. Gay fellow from Indiana. <laughs> she finally answered the question. It's up to the discretion of the school board. Oh, So her sure. answer is yes. If the school board is full of, you know, conservative Christian bigots who think Pete Buttigieg's existence requires a warning, then so be it. If kids need to be pulled out of class so they don't hear about which Democrats ran for president in right. 2020, right. then, you know, if a school board wants to do that, so be it. See, here, you know what, Hammond? Um, I know you're going to find this surprising. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I, Before you respond, here's the Democrats' reaction to that. You realize how ridiculous all of this looks? <laughs> and that was the end of the conversation. Well, as long as as long as somebody is aware. Um, I think my my main problem with this is that it doesn't go far enough. <laughs> what I posit is that in history class, civics class, things like that, we should just not be aware of, you know, the sexuality of various people who, um, you know, various public figures. But we should definitely dig into people's private sex lives more. <laughs> so what I'm proposing uh-huh. is um, Ben Franklin was a freak 101 because that mm. guy got up to some shit when he was in France. So, like, <laughs> I think if my hypothetical child was learning about Ben Franklin, that big old bald perv, I think I have the right to know because I don't want my parents being influenced by his perviness and the fact that he was carried around in one of those litters. Have you ever seen pictures of him? I have when no he was, idea what you're talking about. So when, when Ben Franklin was old, I think he had, like, gout. That man lived a banana's life, <laughs> and so he couldn't walk anymore, and so he was carried around during, like, the, the Constitution, Constitutional Convention, this might be apocryphal and do you know what a litter is like imagine um in like in a middle east it's like four men holding up it's oh, like a carriage yeah, with yeah, humans yeah, yeah. anyway he used to get around new york or whatever it's kind of badass yeah no he was i mean i did kind of fuck up my own point because that does make him much cooler <laughs> but i do think- i mean i would have paid more attention in history class if these details were included <laughs> So if your point is we should include the sex lives of all historical figures Honestly, in we're all writing. Honestly, interested in history, it yeah. has to have more boning. <laughs> Simply must. Look how good Hamilton did. <laughs> I mean, the, the implication is, the, the problem with this bill is that it reduces all LGBTQ people in history, mm-hmm. in books, everything to their sex lives <laughs> and implies that if you mention them uh-huh. in any context... We have to talk about who they're boning. Yeah. And therefore, parents have the right to take their kids out of class so they don't learn about these people. Yeah. Which is stupid. And again, they haven't passed this law. And it's not like the governor's going to sign off on it Mm -hmm. unless they're going to override it somehow. But like... It's just stupid that this is what this woman is spending time doing. I mean, it's a simple rule. If you have a penis and you've ever touched a different penis, you automatically don't have anything interesting or important to say. I don't make the rules, Hemant. It's just (laughs) how it goes. (sighs) I have some good news. 
Good news for whom? Uh, for everybody. Okay, tell me. Greg Locke, the Christian hate preacher from Tennessee, yeah. was finally suspended permanently from Twitter. From Twitter? From Twitter. What after did he do? Year, uh, what didn't he do? But for like, after, what, what, so what? I'm curious. I don't know if it was one tweet or many tweets because... For years now, this guy who once said the pan who told CNN, like, there's no pandemic. And then CNN said, what's a pandemic? And he said, uh, and then he's been basically preaching campaign rallies for Trump mm-hmm. and Trumpism. Uh, he's this is a guy who put a sign outside his church circus tent mm-hmm. that said no masks allowed oh. indoors. Oh, that's how <laughs> important my freedom of decisions yes, is. Everyone has freedom. But if you're doing something I don't like, you're not allowed in here. What, oh, um, what are we doing? He here? spread lies about the vaccine. He very adamantly says it tells people not to get vaccinated. Sure. And then I'm like. I think I jokingly said on Twitter, "There's, n- I'm 100% sure this guy got vaccinated. Oh, yeah. And I think his response, because he does respond to me, was, uh, how dare you slander me like that? I'm like... <gasps> slander? <laughs> yeah, like, let's, I challenge you to a duel. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I think I responded back like, well, did you get vaccinated? And? I don't, I don't think I got a response to that. That's weird. <laughs> but how anyway, talk about he's it? been doing this forever. He's just like all caps, all mega, all mm. the time, spreading lies. And finally, one day, he's finally just suspended. So we don't know, like, because I, I feel like when Twitter suspended Trump, it was like, this is the thing that crossed yeah, the line. this is the one. So, and they did not reveal that for well, the... I'm sure they revealed it to him. Because they probably sent him a message saying, this tweet crosses the line, you violated our policies. Sure. And that's why, even though many of his tweets have violated their policies, he knows why. Yeah. Twitter's under no obligation to tell us why. Sure. Um, so I don't know what it was, but finally he got suspended. And of course he reacted by saying, well, that's their platform. They have every right to do that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> he threw a hissy fit he on Facebook. He genuinely had me going for like a second. <laughs> he went on Facebook and he's like, I'm going to quote here. I'm the first pastor with any sort of platform that's been banned. And that's not that's true. Absolutely all. not uh, true. So guess what? We're fighting back right now. Within Wait. yeah, within one hour of it happening, we've already had our wonderful lawyer for our ministry file, and we've just entered into a class action lawsuit against Twitter and On all of these of censorship Nazis. I have no idea. A class action lawsuit? That's not... Which has nothing to do with him being banned from Twitter. Because it's not like... Were, I mean, they did kind of ban a bunch of people on mass... Like six months ago, didn't they? Like a lot of Nazis and shit got deplatformed. Probably. But he did say we've entered in with Candace Owens and Donald Trump and others. Like, what do you all have in common? Wait, Candace Owens banned too? I don't know. Should be. I don't know the answer. But uh, (laughs) my favorite part they banned a pastor. They banned a pastor with a verified public blue check mark platform (laughs) on Twitter. That's what I think he's most upset about. He finally got validation in the cheapest way from a secular source, which is Twitter, and they took that away from him. That's just your blue check mark talking, because (laughs) I need that validation desperately. He did call it censorship. He did call it a form of persecution. Persecution, you say? Obviously, he said it's a First Amendment issue, which it's not at all, like by definition. Actually, I don't know if he said First Amendment. But that's the implication that they're out to get him or something. Sure, sure, 
are. Which even if they are, I don't think that's covered in the First Amendment. (laughs) He violated their policies over and over. They did have every right to kick him out. But anyway. To kick them out of their free service? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, The best part is, like, here's why this thing is good. Twitter, for someone like him, is his best option outside of Facebook, I would argue, to spread his message to an audience that isn't necessarily coming for it. Right. Um, he get, I mean, this is like Trump too. It's one thing to talk to your right wing echo chamber on Fox, uh-huh. but it's another to try when you have like other news sources propagating your misinformation for you uh-huh. and doing it quote unquote objectively. So they're not going to say, oh, this is bullshit and batshit crazy or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So he needs that validation. He needs that platform. Uh, we've talked before about uh, Stephen Anderson, the hate preacher from Arizona, who runs what is ostensibly a small Baptist church. But because he's on YouTube, uh-huh. his in new independent fundamentalist Baptist cohort of like several colleagues with uh-huh. like small strip mall churches who audio who mic themselves up every week and post their sermons on YouTube Mm -hmm. where even if there's 12 people in the crowd, there are thousands who could watch them there. As soon as Anderson was banned from YouTube, I'm telling you as someone who still follows the guy, because I'm curious, he doesn't have any reach. Now he tries to get around the YouTube ban by getting other people to upload his sermons for him, uh uh, which is still violating the rules. But like, even on the best channels that he can get access to, there's no one viewing his stuff. And he's kind of been a non-entity ever since. So, like, well, good. You have to think with with things like that, that people have, like, subscriptions to his YouTube thing. Yeah. So as soon as but he disappears, YouTube, yeah. it's not like those people are going to... It, are, it's They're not, like not all of those searching people are going for him. To search for yeah, it. I are, do. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but well, they don't. you have issues that we'll talk about I, later. Thank you, yes. <laughs> Uh, so I don't know what's going to happen to uh, 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 to Greg Locke. He, again, he still has Facebook. So, like, yeah. he still has an audience of very gullible people who right. could get access to the stuff. And anytime he tweets something insane and right wing, like, the vaccine is out to get you or whatever, um, that stuff, <laughs> vaccine is out to get those you. things do spread because yeah. Facebook isn't going to stop it. Uh-huh. They love that sort of, quote, engagement. But at least on Twitter. Yeah. He's out. Uh, it was one of the very few articles I read was about how Facebook and Instagram know that it's terrible for for teen girls, and they're like, "Meh, that's yeah. no problem with us." So, like, yeah, the Wall Street Journal this week has been on top of they got a stash of Facebook internal documents, yeah. and they've been slow rolling out all the horrible things. Yeah, so like. I don't know, deplatforming works, I guess. It does. <laughs> it really does. It's not a First Amendment thing. Nope. It's that if you're going to break the rules and they get rid of you, wow, you brought this on yourself. Right. When's the last time you've had to hear Milo, what's his face, his face? Exactly. He, the only way he gets any attention is when he appears on other right-wing things. Right. And, of course, he tries to stir shit up to get attention. It's what he does. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. Guess Can what? I tell you a really small anecdote? Yeah. <laughs> I was on Facebook the other day in like a group I'm I'm with and somebody posted this thing their friend said of like, wow, Ben Shapiro is making some really salient points oh, here. Jesus I blah, blah, blah. Like, um, can somebody explain to me what he's wrong about or something yeah, like that? Yeah. And this guy posted it. He was like, I don't know, my friend just said it. I thought he was liberal, blah, blah, blah. And so we're all saying, like, well, Ben Shapiro has this skill of, like, talking in circles around you and, like, talking about how, like, winning a debate doesn't mean you're factually correct. It just means you're a better debate. All of those things. And then, like, halfway down the thread, the guy was like, oh, um, 
He just said that he heard Ben Shapiro on Joe Rogan's podcast. So I think we're good. I think I figured out what ro- what is wrong with him. He's just a misogynist. Like, <laughs> like, oh, he's not a liberal who maybe thinks Ben Shapiro got some good points. He's like, oh, no, he listens to Joe Rogan. So his his opinion is nothing. I shall talk to him no more. I think my favorite Ben Shapiro is really an idiot, but you may not catch it at first glance. A- anecdote is that in some uh, on some YouTube uh, video... Someone asked him a question during one of his lectures, like, climate change is a problem. Uh-huh. What's going to happen? Like, why do you not care? Whatever. And he's like, whatever. If people can't live in... I, sorry, I forgot the context. But he said if people... If climate change affects where they live, uh-huh. like, it's not going to be a real problem. They can just sell their house and move. Yes. And it just goes on. Yep. And it's like, who are they going to sell the damn house to? It's underwater, you moron. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. that's the, the smart kids philosophy. Right. And also as if like, oh, just move. As if like moving an entire community <laughs> of humans is yeah. he and we're already seeing what's gonna happen in the future, <laughs> right? Like people are leaving people left California for Texas or for Colorado, and then they're going back to California because Texas is like too hot and Colorado's on fucking fire or whatever. And it's just rich people are going to be able to move out of the way of these issues, but no one's using the fire festival island. You, you, you oh, know, just yeah. go wherever you want. I remember there's like several mansions built on there, if I remember right. I saw the ads. <laughs> Looked fun. I'm sorry I missed it. <laughs> let's <laughs> let's talk about here. One more good news. Okay. Um, Pew Research Center came out with a survey this week uh, that talks about the percent of U.S. adults who say they are vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Atheists, and I'm not saying nuns. I'm saying atheists. Okay. 90% of yeah. atheists are fully vaccinated, at least one shot vaccinated. Fuck you, nerds. Atheists are going to take over this world. We're the only ones who are going to survive this pandemic. Agnostics, who we probably make fun of, sure. 84% vaccinated. All right, guys. A little wishy-washy, but mm-hmm. that's your brand. And then the nuns <laughs> in particular, who are not us, uh-huh. who drag us down, uh-huh. uh, they're 69% vaccinated. Nice. So overall, unaffiliated, 75% vaccinated. But again... Atheists, 90% vaccinated. Yeah. And then at the other end of the scale. Oh, God. White evangelicals, 57% vaccinated. That's the lowest number if you sort by religious demographic. 57% vaccinated. 40% say, I am not. Cool. And are those 40% people, did they all like put a little American flag sticker next to their response (laughs) too? I'm sure they did. (laughs) Like this is what happens when your non-religious beliefs involve having a healthy respect for Mm -hmm. science versus being part of a religious cult where you were taught science is the enemy and you were... And people are lying to you to with their uh, myths and propaganda and right-wing conspiracies. And here's the thing that was really surprising to me. If you go to not white evangelicals, but black Protestants. So again, mm. white evangelicals, 57% are vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Black Protestants, 70% vaccinated. And here's the thing. Black Protestants have every reason to distrust yeah. science. Hey, this country, I don't know if you guys have read any books, but this country's been pretty fucking shady towards people of color over the uh, years. Books involved a gay character, so you're not allowed to read them anymore. <laughs> but yeah, like they have re- legitimate reasons, whether it's Tuskegee or like the long history of discrimination yeah. in medicine, and yet they're still getting vaccinated. Hey, if you want to feel really good, go look up black maternal death rates and see how that <laughs> strikes you. 
and so white evangelicals who have none of that reason to not get vaccinated mm. are still not getting vaccinated because they just believe lies. Jesus vaccinated them with his cross shot. <laughs> Is that anything? Does that make sense? I'm, I, I know what you're saying uh-huh. and no, it doesn't. <laughs> um, and here's the, the thing about this, besides the fact that these people are hurting all of us. Yep. It's the idea that if they can't get the simplest moral questions right, mm-hmm. you know, why do you, like, should gay people have rights? Yes. The answer is yes, yep. unless you're in one of these churches when it's like, what? No, that'll mm-hmm. destroy everything. Yep. Should you get a shot after 650,000 Americans have died and we know it works? Mm-hmm. Eh, no. Like, if you can't get the simple things right, yep. you need religion to help you with the thornier moral right. issues, at least in theory, and they're failing on, like, morality 101 why should anyone trust them to help them deal with tougher issues in life because because they say they're moral authorities and you would be shocked at if you just walked up to somebody and said hey i'm really smart you should listen to me a lot you're gonna catch some people being like yeah okay you seem trustworthy, I guess. Did you hear about that? I saw a really good tweet about a woman who was like, oh, the is it Mew or Moo? What's the um, the Greek letter? Mew. Mew? It's Mew. She's like, Mew, sometime we're going to have to dig in and figure out where these scientists are coming up with these random names oh for God. the disease, for the strains. And anyway, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to laugh about it for genuinely the rest of my life. <laughs> Uh, in case anyone's curious, atheists and agnostics combined make up about 8% of the country. White evangelicals make up about 30%. Mm. So our 90% vaccinated, mm-hmm. I mean, that's good, but that's a small percentage of the right. American population. Their 40% who are unvaccinated represents a shit ton of Americans, which is why, like, their inability to respect science and trust facts, right. like, it hurts everybody. Mm-hmm. And I wish I could say, look, 90% of us are vaccinated. That's good for the country. It is, but we're a small slice of the pie, which is... Yeah, we cannot carry this whole country on our backs. (laughs) We should, but we don't. We try. Maybe if we hit the gym more. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, One more piece of good news. I know this week is full of it before I get to sadder stuff. Oh, good. Um, It's slightly tongue-in-cheek, but it's still funny to me. You've now heard that all these groups are requesting religious exemptions Mm -hmm. um, for COVID vaccines. And it turns out uh, the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster is uh, now offering its own religious exemption to COVID vaccines. I haven't heard about those kids in a while. And what they're saying is that you can now sign up to get an official letter that you could present to your employer that says part of my religion says I need to be exempt from working next to an unvaccinated person. Love that. <laughs> Love says, that. Please be advised we have strict guidelines concerning what can enter our bodies. It mm-hmm. is a deeply held belief and core tenet of our religion to avoid mm-hmm. harmful substances. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, our mm-hmm. members must not be exposed to mm-hmm. or work in the proximity of unvaccinated individuals. These people are knowingly taking the risk of infecting others with v- harmful virus particles. Like Here's it. the thing. You can call it a joke religion all you want, but that has as much legitimacy as white evangelicals saying, well, abortion, therefore I don't want the vaccine, which is a lie and dumb. Like, (sighs) uh, for what it's worth, uh, I think 6,000 people have requested and gone through the process of asking for a form, whether any of that does anything, who knows. 
but it's fun to think about. And is are they doing that on like a national level or is it a state? Uh, I think uh, Bobby Henderson, the prophet who uh-huh. uh, heard from the flying spaghetti monster, oh, uh-huh. uh, will give it to anybody. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> so. Okay, I like it. Good to know. Um, do, do you get that if you're a freelance writer who works from home with your y- vaccinated husband? Yes, there's okay. no employment requirement <laughs> Great. here. And while we are on this subject, too, one more that's just super fun. This is totally serious and real. Oh. Uh, because we're talking about religious exemptions to the COVID vaccine, there is a uh, hospital chain in Arkansas, uh, Conway Regional Health System, pretty big uh, chain of hospitals. Okay. And they want all their employer uh, employees to get vaccinated for obvious reasons. You're at hospitals. Yep. You're working with patients. Yep. We need you safe. They said 5% of our staff uh, has requested religious or medical exemptions. And you have to think most of them are religious exemptions, not medical ones. Mm-hmm. Medical ones, legit, presumably. Yeah. Religious ones, not so much. And, and also medical medical exemptions are the reason that everybody should needs to get a shot who right. is able to. Because some people literally can't. Exactly. So they were trying to say like, okay, these people are asking for religious exemptions because according to them, mm-hmm. like these... Uh, COVID vaccines were developed using cells that came from an aborted fetus. In 1970? In like 50 years ago. And like, I think two of the three vaccines absolutely don't use Mm -hmm. that strain. And one of them is like, we're not like chopping up a baby to make your vaccine. Mm, Don't threaten me with a good time. This is a line that we've been using for other drugs for many years. This Mm -hmm. is standard practice. So here's what the chain is doing. This is in an article from the Associated Press from their CEO, Matt Troop. He basically made every employee who requests a religious exemption, Uh they have to sign some paper saying like, no, this really is a sincerely held belief, like paperwork that says, yes, Uh, but you do have to sign paperwork saying, I really do stand by this. And I'm going to read from the AP article. The hospital responded by sending employees a form that lists a multitude of common medicines, including Tylenol, Pepto-Bismol, Preparation H, and Tums, that it said were developed and tested using fetal cell lines. Is that true? Yes. The, and those were actually developed using, like, closer to the source, right? Whoa. And so the form asked people to sign it and attest that, quote, my sincerely held religious belief is consistent and true, and I do not use or will not use... Any of the listed medications. That's very So if good. we catch you using a Tylenol because you got a headache at work. We're just going to run after s- you with a shot. <laughs> like, they're not saying we're going to fire you if we see you using it. But, like, we want you to feel bad. I think that's kind of the gist of this. We want you to know yeah. that we're on to your lie. <laughs> we know you use some of these other medications. So if you're saying I can't get vaccinated because abortion, uh-huh. they're like... I hope you know all of the medicines you all regularly (laughs) use, over-the-counter medicines, drugs, whatever. Everyone uses them. No one complains about them. Uh, And if you're going to say no to the vaccine for that reason, I hope you know all of these. Every time you get this pill, Mm -hmm. you are, I guess, in your mind, fine with abortion if it helps you with pain relief. Well, and it's, oh God, things like that, that are like, oh, if we say life starts at fetal six weeks, is that when like, um, what's it called? Payments start yeah, from the child support, child support and payments. Thank you. all of that. The, the CEO of the regional health system said staff who are sincere should have no hesitancy with agreeing to the list of medicines listed. And again, I don't think he's saying we're going to fire you if we catch you doing it. But don't be a dick. But, you work in a yeah. fucking hospital, you cunt. 
Um, this is also from uh, an article, a different article, but he said the hospital wants to ensure that staff members are sincere uh, in their stated beliefs. Sure, and sure, sure. second, it wants to educate staff who might have requested an exemption without understanding the full scope of how fetal cells are used in testing and development in common medicines, <laughs> which is cute and adorable. Yeah. Like, we just want to educate you. Right. But also, let's call out your hypocrisy because right. you don't see churches saying, how dare anybody use Tylenol, uh-huh. even though it is tested and developed even more so than the vaccines using these lines developed from fetal uh, cells. I mean, it's all the same thing when people are like, oh, I'm not going to take the vaccine because I don't know what's in it. Like, do you know? (laughs) Tell me what's what's in a bean burrito. I dare you. (laughs) Like, come on. That's extremely funny. Can I pitch you a Halloween parody? Actually, it's literally a parody of... You haven't seen Halloween, the Halloween movies, have you? Of course not. Okay. The second one... <laughs> do I see movie? I would have said that to anything you no, said. No, I know. <laughs> the second movie takes... Do you, you know you know Michael Myers, though? Yes. Right? With the mask? With Yeah, because it was like parodied in Scream. Uh, yeah, yes, sure. <laughs> uh, the second um, Halloween 2 takes place in a hospital. Like, okay. it's after the... the the night of Halloween, and then they're in the hospital, and he gets out again and kills a bunch of people in the hospital. Spoiler alert. Okay. What people die in this movie? I know. Can you believe it? Uh Okay, here's what I'm pitching. A parody of that taking place in a hospital, but in one of these hospital systems, and instead of Michael Myers walking around with his... Stabby knife? Hatchet? Question Uh mark? I don't know. I think he has a knife. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like somebody walking around with (laughs) with the COVID shot, and it's all these people, like, screaming in the bathroom, like... While holding then, their Bibles up to yeah, stop. exactly. And then they just like, somebody gets them in the arm. And they're like, <laughs> and then they're healthy and walk away. I don't know how it would <laughs> end. I just came up with it now. But I think, I think it has legs. There was a thing going viral on Twitter this week or a couple of weeks ago where basically someone who had, if you see the first screenshot, it's someone complaining about the vaccine. I will not take it. How dare they make me? And then the follow-up tweet later on is, we got the shot. We're fine. <laughs> 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 Wait, was it since it was the first tweet sincere? Or I was think it so. Funny. And so was the second one. He's like, you guys have got it. Was no, he we're fine. somebody or was it just? I think it was a random person, oh but they were God. complaining. And then they're like, it wasn't a big deal. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how shots work. Isn't that a conversation you've had with your three year old? Like yeah. they're crying about it and they get it like, oh, it wasn't that bad. Like, yeah, yeah, kid. That's how shots work. <laughs> Good job. 50 year old um. man. You learned the same, <laughs> the same <laughs> lesson as my 14 month old niece. Ah, religion. Um, <laughs> Okay, so the New York Times publishes, uh, they used to call them op-eds, now they call them guest essays, to make it clear this isn't us saying it, this is random person over here saying it. that's fair. Op-ed is a really dated term, actually. And so um, they were, they basically published a piece last weekend, and I still want to talk about it now because it makes me mad. Um, They were talking about the Texas abortion law that says anybody who turns in someone who's getting an abortion after six weeks, Mm. you're eligible to get $10,000 paid for by that woman who's suffering and wants an abortion. Is that where that $10,000 comes from? It's not coming from the state. Yep. It's coming from the people. Fuck Um, Plus legal fees, by the way, and all that. I've kept such an arm's length distance from this (laughs) thing because it's just too upsetting. So that is new news to me. And guess what? I'm mad all over again. (laughs) So, like, if you're anti-abortion, it would be, I mean, theoretically, Uh it would be very easy for them. Imagine this essay. I oppose abortion on principle, but Texas got this all wrong. By punishing women 
for this personal decision, along with, you know, anyone whose only crime, quote unquote, was to help someone in need, Mm -hmm. like an Uber driver getting them to the hospital or whatever. Texas lawmakers aren't stopping abortion at all. They are forcing women to go underground Mm -hmm. for unsafe abortions, pushing them to leave the state to have the procedure later in their pregnancies, uh, galvanizing the opposition to enshrine abortion rights nationwide and making us look exactly like all those nasty stereotypes we've been trying to avoid. Hmm. I could see that argument somewhere making sense, and also you wouldn't be a hypocrite. Wait, I thought you were summarizing somebody's actual essay. No, that is me saying I could see someone who's anti-abortion writing that, and I would be like, well, at least you're not a hypocrite. Like, Genuinely, when you're saying that, I was like, wow, that's a really reasonable right. thing. And then I thought you're going to be like, and it was said by Sarah Huckabee Sanders. But this <laughs> is all just a hi- okay. all hypothetical. So what did somebody actually say, Hammond? So they turned the page over to uh, Karen Swallow Pryor, who is a fo- don't don't do it. Don't do it. Everyone on Twitter did it. Don't do it. So Karen Swallow Pryor is a professor at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. She actually worked at Liberty University for like 15 to 20 years. And she was one of those people. down to the minors. (laughs) (laughs) And she's actually been one of the people like every religion reporter goes to when they're like, is there anyone reasonable at Liberty University who could be like, yeah, we're not in love with this. And she kind of straddles that line between, yeah, I know what Falwell's doing Uh versus I'm doing my job here because I'm Christian and I'm good at what I do and whatever. Mm -hmm. So she's like liberty reasonable, which still makes her insane to the rest of the world, if that makes sense. So now anyway, she left liberty. I think they were enough disagreements with how Falwell was doing things. And I don't think this had anything to do with the scandal. It was right before that. But she left. Now she's working at the seminary, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, She wrote an argument saying... This law, while not perfect, is a step in the right direction. And I want to read through parts of this because it's just insane that anyone could argue this stuff. And that the New York Times said, yeah, we're going to publish all of this and spread these ideas to a wider audience. Let's platform these ideas. Uh, Remember, like... Uh, was it last year when Tom Cotton was like, send in the troops to take down protesters? Oh, yeah. And everyone was and the guy who ran the editorial side of The New York Times was basically fired over that because even the employees at the Times are like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, this isn't right. You Just because he's a senator doesn't mean you publish. Yeah, let's just kill all the protesters. Oh, my that, God. Just because you can have a platform doesn't mean you got to publish everything. Anyway, let <sighs> me read through some of this. Um This is from Karen Swallow Pryor. Abortion is a failure for every woman and her unborn child. Hey, hey, hey. That's her opening line. Opening, like, let me win you over. Abortion is a failure for every woman and her unborn child. How many mistakes can you find in, I'm not even done with the sentence yet. Unborn child. I. (laughs) You could easily say unborn grandparent and it would make just as much sense. (laughs) Um, like Jesus. miscarriage is a failure. Everybody. I actually, oh boy, oh. I actually, I enjoy seeing the pushback on things like things like this because even among sort of left leaning circles, there's often a sentiment, and it's often echoed by our political leaders of, listen, abortion is always a tragedy. It's always the worst thing. We must reduce the number of abortions. Which is fine. Reducing the number of abortions is great. I think reducing the number of like 
Appendectomies is also good. <laughs> These are worthy goals to have people like I go want through. You fewer... less in the hospital. Yes, be in the hospital <laughs> less. Wear your own clothes more. Everybody's winning. But this sort of idea of like, oh, it's always a tragedy. And w- I think a an article came out recently that something like nine out of ten women do not regret regret their abortion decision five years later, or ten years later, or yeah. whatever the thing was. It's not a tragedy. It's just something it's, I did. And and, 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 and it's not on. to say for some people, yeah, I bet it's a really hard moral decision. Maybe because you've been told your entire life that an abortion is the worst thing that can ever happen to somebody, and all of a sudden you're. 17 and pregnant and what the fuck am I going to do about it? It's almost like they don't really think about real life situations, how people get pregnant and not just this hypothetical person that they've made up that has a lot of sex and then has abortions because abortions are really fun and you get the good drugs, I guess. So what they're not doing is anyway. So this 17 year old girl gets an abortion and is that a huge tragedy or is that somebody not only is it a tragedy, it's a failure. A failure. That girl who was the victim of rape, mm-hmm. possibly, mm-hmm. Uh, she's a failure. I think I saw somewhere that there was like a 10-year-old girl, something that gave birth because she was raped and got her, you know, went through puberty a, a little bit early. Like she's these, a failure to these Christians. These people are monsters. Go ahead. I just want it. to point out, yeah. there is a whole essay that goes with this. I am not even done with the first sentence. But do you see my point already? I do see it's your not going to go well. I do see um, your point. She goes on to say in the first sentence, <laughs> uh, it's a failure of love, justice, and mercy. Oh, shut the fuck up. That's the first suck thing. my dick. Texas's new abortion law is far from perfect. Oh, no. But I hope we can move us closer to these ideals. Far from perfect. Uh, the Affordable Care Act was far from perfect because, yeah, it did some stuff, but it's a starting point. And Obama basically said that over and over. It's not what I want, but it's what I can get. Yeah. Let's keep improving it. Here's what Karen Swallow Pryor is saying, as if like forcing rape and incest victims to have their assailants' babies and pay a $10,000 fine and to shut down the clinic they got the abortion at. Mm-hmm. That's all a good public yeah. policy that, you know, we're going to improve even more. I don't see anybody being harmed in this situation. Oh. Hey, Hammett, Yo. do you know what uh, the leading cause of death among uh, pregnant women is? COVID? It's murder. It is homicide. So this just have the baby and give it up. Sometimes partners don't do that good when their partner gets pregnant and they beat the shit out of them. Is that that good? Is that what we're we're aiming for? Homicide is the number one cause of death of pregnant women. Homicide. Christians like their guns, though. Texas loves their guns. Um, She goes on to say... That the part of the law that says if you got an abortion at this clinic and you're found guilty and you Mm got to pay this bounty, whatever, Mm -hmm. uh, it would also put the health clinics out of business. She called that, quote, an innovative workaround. This cunt. I know I've said cunt twice already. Like when you like I found a YouTube hack that lets you not watch the ads. That's an innovative workaround. Honestly, now I'm mad that you didn't let me make fun of her name because she does not deserve my respect for her silly, stupid name. The amount of. Her first name is Karen. (laughs) If we it is Karen. She's she's. And if you swallowed prior, you wouldn't have needed the abortion. Uh, But um, that's everybody on Twitter. Um, I was going to go more like upper crust with that, but whatever. I'll I'll, I'll write something good while you tell me about this. Yeah, uh, Perfect perfect (laughs) the set. Um, She goes on to say, we live in a transactional society that gives rise to bounty hunters on the left and the right. Who's bounty hunting on the right? Left. Yeah, that's a fair. 
That's a very good question. I would love to know what the equivalent of this both sides argument is. I don't know. She didn't tell us. There's no link to the word left. I'm really, I'm truly trying to like think of any, can you think of a single thing that even in like the most bad faith argument, she could be. I have no idea. I genuinely no, I think it's just Can't. whiplash from people who genuinely think the left is as bad as the right. Because there's nothing like that for, like, reporting cops. No. There's no system in place like that. Mm-mm. No, And that's she, the only thing the left is, like, especially mad about right now. She made it up because she hasn't thought through this. Okay, if, if the left doesn't have a bounty out on cops' heads, then maybe slow your fucking roll. <laughs> Let me keep going. Yeah, whatever. She says, it's a biological and ontological reality that each human life begins at conception. It's it's a biological reality. Ontological? Eh. Isn't like, that... It, it's theological. It's an opinion. When life begins is not some sort of settled fact in um, that sense. Um, and just to be clear, like, the thing that bugs me is her complete refusal or inability to grasp exactly what Texas lawmakers are doing here. Like, the right-wing supermajority in Texas is using its power to suppress Democratic voters, Mm -hmm. let handguns roam free. Mm -hmm. You don't even need to register or have training anymore. No, 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 no. Spread COVID Mm -hmm. as much as they want. And now with this law, they're saying it'll deputize any individual to go after women they don't even know. Um, And she's suggesting that's only kind of maybe sort of a problem, maybe. And then, and then... She says she suggests that if there's any overreach here, uh-huh. the courts will take care of it. She says deputizing private citizens to enforce the ban is certainly fraught with risk. Some fear the law will turn otherwise uninterested citizens into bounty hunters who chase abortion providers. Although one judge's temporary restraining order that blocks one group from suing Planned Parenthood mm-hmm. shows that checks and balances are in place. Has she ever seen the movie The Purge, do you think? <laughs> I was going to, like, has she heard of the Supreme Court? Does she know that the whole problem is that courts, by the way, that one order mm-hmm. does not stop this law. Right. It stops one bad faith lawsuit. But again, like the whole problem is we have a supermajority, conservative supermajority on the Supreme Court that will legally overturn Roe v. Wade very soon. As soon as they can. Um, Uh, And Trump and Republicans have installed right wing judges specifically because they know mm -hmm. those people are not going to follow the law when it comes to abortion rights. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Like that's mm -hmm. why they're there. She has no clue about this Mm -hmm, at mm -hmm, all. mm -hmm. And again, she's supposed uh, the way she is portrayed in by religious by religion journalists is like she's the sensible person in these conservative spaces this entire article is a testament to why no she is as bad as all the crazies you try to pit her against in these articles that that order was not a checker balance it was a temporary bandage it doesn't do anything to stop this law did you see that Amy Coney Barrett is really worried that uh, people aren't going to trust the Supreme Court? I swear to fucking yeah. Christ, it's these not people. partisan. Clarence Thomas said the same thing today oh, or yesterday. Really, Clarence yeah. Thomas said something stupid Clarence and terrible. Thomas, I can't believe it. Whose wife is a right-wing activist who basically has spent the past couple of decades being like, you know who my husband is, as yeah. she's giving speeches he to the right. He himself is a like sex pass. Like what the yeah. fuck? Oh my god, these monsters! We have two 
men on the Supreme Court who have been accused of sexual assault. We have two of them. There's only nine, Hemet. There's only nine of them. What's two percent? What's two out of nine? What percentage is that? Point two repeating. Point two repeating. So it's almost 20%? a quarter. It's almost a quarter. Fuck. Yeah. Um. She, Karen Swallow Pryor, implies... Thanks for doing that math. Uh-huh, implies it's a good idea to fight for child care and food insecurity and affordable housing and all the stuff you need but to make it... that will come later but, when but we have all the babies. She spends zero time actually talking about that. She's just like, yeah, I mean, we should take care of kids too. But let me get back to my point, which is that, I don't know, little rape victims are failures. Does she have, any, have anything in there about like... Pinching a penny between your knees or something like that. <laughs> As I'm just in the wondering. best birth control is uh-huh. taking the pill and sticking it between your knees and leaving it there. Ew. Just keep your legs shut. Uh, she go, Here's what she says at the very end. As history has shown again and again, we sometimes need the law to teach us to love. Oh, fuck so- you. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The law? I'm- we need the law to teach us how to love? I thought did Jesus you know did that. Jim Crow laws really helped spread love throughout America. Like they- I'm not done yet. Oh, Sometimes it takes a law to remind us that fellow human beings are not ours to own, harm, or kill. Love is a higher law, but it is still a law, stop. and this you is where right we now. must begin. You stop right now, because this woman's argument is that nobody realized that slavery was bad until they outlawed it. Cool argument you're making. Neat. She teaches at a theolog- uh, theological seminary. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Everything uh, was cool. I just want to remind you that the people who say all this also argue you need God to be good. <laughs> and like... This woman is full of God. Look where it gets her. I oh, yeah. If you need the Bible to remind you to be a decent person, you're the problem, not us. I, boy, oh boy, I, this last month, I have been thinking a lot about a lot of conversations I had with people older than me who told <laughs> me I was being, quote unquote, hysterical, and I'm not doing a bit about, like, Roe v. Wade. Like, when Trump was first elected. I was told, I haven't, the word hysterical about Roe v. Wade. Nobody cares about Roe v. Like Wade, Like, everyone who was lamenting the 2016 elections yeah. were right. Yeah. It was, all the people Yeah, we were, were right. all right. Of course we were right. I think I underreacted, honestly. The whole cottage industry of Hillary tweeted about this and, like, saw it coming. We know. I just, <laughs> I, I, rem- I remember the specific conversations I had in which I was shut down constantly and I, re- this sounds horrible. I remember those people and I will never forgive them. And I know that makes me sound like a fucking lunatic. I will never forgive them and I will never forget about it. And that's where I am right now emotionally is I need to have a list of enemies like fucking Arya Stark. <laughs> I searched right the now. piece to see what she said about the need for free and accessible contraception, mm. the need to teach comprehensive sex education, mm. ba- basically anything that would lower abortion rates. Lower pregnancy, I mean, lower pregnancy unwanted rates. Unwanted pregnancy rates. Unwanted pregnancy rates. It would lower. She said nothing about any of it. Mm-hmm. She also didn't mention how this law in Texas in particular mm-hmm. uh, disproportionately impacts people of color, mm-hmm. poor people. She doesn't care. Yeah, how race is a myth. Mm-hmm. Uh, she just doesn't care at all. And again, I expect her to not know about any of this stuff. That's her entire her career is built on not knowing the facts about right. the things she's talking about. But for the New York Times to amplify 
those ideas as if they are worthy of a wider debate or consideration. Mm -hmm. It's irresponsible on their part to just publish something with no regard for how it will be used Mm -hmm. to justify this sort of stuff in the future. Pryor spent like a bunch of the week on Twitter after saying, oh, people are mocking me because of my name, because they basically implying they can't refute anything I'm actually saying, Mm -hmm. which is not true. But also, like, I got published in the New York Times today. And like, see, you got published in the New York Times. It's not that hard. Do I know? Yeah. Like (laughs) the idea that like she's can use this and people can now say it's not some random professor at a Christian published stupid name. Right. The New York Times published this piece that we ought to be debating and discussing. Like if you don't if you work for the paper in this uh, in that section mm. and you know the power your section has mm-hmm. again like i said at the beginning there is a way to get a anti-abortion voice in this debate in a way that is not uh, uh disrespectful to their views mm-hmm. that would allow them to maintain quote unquote their principles mm-hmm. And still say, here's why the law is problematic, but here's what I'm looking to do, and here's what we should do. There's a way to do that. Yeah. This is just irresponsible and fucking infuriating because of the, like, it's all about love. Like, no, we're... You're, you spent the beginning of the piece calling rape victims failures and the end of the piece saying, we need the law to teach us how to love. Are we back in the cycle where women are forced to share their sometimes painful own personal stories about abortion <laughs> so yes, people will believe that time. it happens? Because I don't like that part of the news cycle. Yeah. Um, I have a question, R.E., um, abortions, um, and like just some practical things I want to do on the ground here in uh, the greater Chicagoland area. Um, as you may or may not know, Hemant, there is a Planned Parenthood maybe two miles from where we are right mm-hmm. now. You know, if you go up... The abortion plex. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so there, <laughs> it's right by us. It's in Aurora. Um, and there's a Mariano's, the grocery store right next to it. Okay. And so once in a while, I'll go to that Mariano's if I'm feeling fancy or I need some tarragon and they don't carry it at my normal jewel. It's the whitest thing you said all episode. Tarragon's very delicious. I made Bernays sauce. It was great. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but... When you leave the Marianos to go back, you know, east toward where I live, you have you drive between on your right a Planned Parenthood and on your left a like water leaf pregnancy crisis center. Of course, yes. Um, and so one time I was driving there and I noticed two gentlemen as I was going into the store. I noticed two men sitting on a folding chair across the road from the Planned Parenthood and just sitting and staring at the building. And any time somebody would walk by or walk in or out, they would cross themselves. Okay. So as I was leaving, I rolled down my window and I said, hey, what are you guys doing? And they're like, we're not bothering anybody. And I was like, <laughs> uh-huh. I said, are you harassing people who are walking into the Planned Parenthood? And they're like, we're not saying anything. And I was like, oh, well, so you guys are just being assholes. And I drove away. Now... <laughs> Uh-huh. A couple months later, happens again, but there was only the one guy. Unfortunately, I had ice cream in my trunk, so I couldn't uh-huh. stop then. Now, here's what I'm thinking. This weekend, if I drive by it and he happens to be there, is it... My plan right now is if I see him, I'm going to park my car between him and the building and play music really loud for like an hour. Do you think that is helpful or not helpful? And if not helpful... What would you suggest I do instead? And I, it, I'm not going to assault anybody, right, right, right. but I'm not below yelling things. Not violent things. I sometimes go back and forth when I see videos of counter protesters. Mm-hmm. Like, I appreciate what they're doing. 
I want I I honestly just want to hear from the people who work at the center. Like, yeah. what can we do that would be helpful to you? Is it distracting these people, mm-hmm. uh, or would it be like helping escort people into the clinic? I don't know. Actually, I signed up for escort service, and I, yeah. I owe them a, a thing, so I am going to do that. But in the meantime, because I also think sometimes when the counter protesters do it, I've seen some videos that make me cringe mm-hmm. uh, by the counter protesters. I'm sure, like, sure, you're sure. not helping. But also, like, they're just going to use that mm-hmm. as an attempt, like, you can't handle our, what we're saying. But here's You're, what I'm yeah. going to do. Pull up. Park the car. Mm-hmm. Radio on pretty loud with, like, real positive, like, girl jams. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, <laughs> I also thought about just making a playlist of all of the songs that are about abortion, because there's more than you think. <laughs> And playing that, but I think that's too, like, I can't, I can only play Brick by Ben Folds so many times, you know? <laughs> yes. Um, but I'm just thinking if I just sit and read and play my music and he says something, I say, I'm not bothering, you know, I'm not harassing you. This is just where I want to sit right now to read my book. Is that <laughs> cool or not cool? I mean, try it and see what happens. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna. I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump to a different story, an update, yeah. if you will, from uh, last week. Remember we talked about that uh, Catholic preschool teacher who allegedly abused a two-year-old boy, and then the mom had a meeting with her the next day, and then just went... Yeah, uh, just went ham on her. Yes, and beat her up, and then the mom was arrested. Um, So the question remains, this is... uh, The teacher's name is June Barrow. The mom's name who was arrested, she's Casey Marie Brooks. This is at St. Teresa of uh, Avila Catholic Church in Grovetown, Georgia, we finally got a little update on the preschool teacher because okay. there was a sheriff's report. Like they were investigating the video that no one could see about mm-hmm. what she allegedly did to the two-year-old. And uh, what How we old found was this woman? I'm sorry, was she twenty-eight? Was the mom and the teacher was sixty-one? Okay, I thought she was older. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, and by the way, the church. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me go back. The District Attorney's Office said this week they will not be filing charges against the preschool teacher. They said, after, really? yeah, after a thorough review of video evidence, investigators have concluded that no crime occurred. What? Mm-hmm. The sheriff's office reviewed at least four days of surveillance video of Barrow and the child before deciding there was nothing criminal in her behavior. Is this, did they see this? The mom had said, I saw the video and she was doing horrible things to my son. The DA's office says, we saw it. We saw nothing criminal. And they saw the same video that the mom did? Or did they pull four random days? It's a good question. I I don't know what they saw. Uh, A local news team says we're working on getting the footage ourselves. Uh, so we can do, you know, follow up this on this. This is building up to be a very interesting story. Um, but yeah, the official word, though, for now is that nothing criminal occurred. So it's only the mom who went ham on the preschool teacher who's in trouble and should be in trouble. Um, huh. But again, <laughs> this requires to accept all of this. Yeah. You have to think the people working for the Catholic Church and the cops uh-huh. are uh, telling the truth those and handling my, abuse well. Those are my two tr- most trusted sources for <laughs> right. all things moral and good. Yeah. So that's a good point. The huh? church that oversees the school also uh-huh. released a statement this week. Uh, they said, see, the, there's no mistreatment of any child in our program and nothing to in any way re- support the false narrative of the person who assaulted the teacher. So they just slapped a coat of paint on the thing, and they were like, yeah, you know, that's fine. We have no yeah. problems here. So again, I, for now, the story's done, mm-hmm. unless we find out anything else. We'll see. Wow. Listen, 
that th- honestly thank you for that update because now I want to know because w- I would write a movie about this like this woman is like being tricked into thinking she's insane by these cops who want to protect the teacher <laughs> who's maybe a cult leader who knows I'm gonna write this down yes I, man, my creative juices are flowing today <laughs> I never finished that joke that I was gonna write for you but I don't remember what it was anymore. uh we were doing an abortion bit I think I forgot oh. Um, another update for you. Yes. This is a story about uh, Mark Samsel, who is a Kansas state representative, a conservative Christian Republican who made news uh, a few months ago because he's also a substitute teacher because that's not a weird thing. A lot of state lawmakers in certain states just make no money. Mm-hmm. They have to have real jobs. And his job is he's a substitute teacher. So he was in a school. And what we found out through a student recording the class Uh, This is a guy I'm going to just read like he was recorded telling students that there was a sophomore who uh, attempted to take her own life because, quote, uh, he has two parents and they're both females. And he also said, God knows when you masturbate and that students must follow God's rules. And if you don't obey God, we're going to see how it's going to turn out. He said all this to the kids. Did I black out for a second between this kid tried to kill themselves and... They have gay parents. Uh, that's Did they black yeah. That's, out the, at some that's point Samsel's there? excuse for why this thing happened in their community. I don't. And think then people are supposed to make excuses for people trying to end their own life. That's I, pretty gauche, if you ask mm. me. And then he allegedly kicked a kid in the balls as you walk away for a moment. He allegedly kicked what a kid in the balls. What are you saying to me right now? Yes. So I was uh, trying can, to get a glass of water. You can go get your water. I'll t- so he allegedly did this. He was arrested, and that's the story everyone heard. A Kansas lawmaker uh, kicked a kid in the balls. And after he allegedly assaulted this child, after he uh, his arrest, he put out this like batshit crazy statement on Facebook where it included this line. If you think my behavior in the classroom on Wednesday was appropriate, inappropriate, or even criminal, how about we compare it to your behavior at any given public school or private or homeschool sporting event? Did I intend to hurt a soul or act for a single moment out of rage, animosity, or any other element of battery? Absolutely not. Wait, why did he kick a kid in the balls? What are you talking about right now? We don't know. What what the fuck is going on? But... Uh, after the, uh, Samsel pushed him against the wall and kicked him, the boy's back and testicles were in pain for approximately 15 minutes, according to the, uh, affidavit given by the boy to the deputy. Sure. Um, and then when the deputy asked Samsel, oh, uh, Samsel had said God told him to do this. And when the deputy asked Samsel, did God tell him to like kick the kid in the balls or whatever? Uh, Samson's response, uh, Samsel's response was twice. <laughs> yeah. And then this is this is all old news, by the way. He told him twice to kick him in the balls, or he I, told I him so. to kick him in the balls twice. Uh, why did you put your hands on be- the boy? And yeah. he said he points to the ceiling, and they're like, "God told you to do this twice." This that was, man is unwell. And then after all this, uh-huh. he remained in the state legislature sure. because Republicans need his vote to override the Democratic governor's veto. Because Republicans. Okay, cool. so that's the old story. We knew all that already. Did we? That yeah, does we not did. sound like a thing I've heard before. He was forced to give up his substitute teaching license, which is kind of the least thing anyone could do. Yeah. Um, so here's what we learned this week. 
Uh, this week, he was finally sentenced uh-huh. for the charge, uh, charges against him. Here's what happens. Oh, God. What do we want to have happen? Like, take him away from society yeah, for yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Like, what well, the Get him hell? into therapy at the very least. Something. He, he faced, based on what he did, he faced up to six months in jail, a $3,000 fine. When for you kicking combine, a child in the balls? Uh, Just were, sorry. Yeah, in case th- anyone forgot. Three different charges, $3,000 fine in total. Here's what actually happened. Mikey was walking by. I wanted to make sure he knew <laughs> what we were talking about. <laughs> he has to issue an apology to his victims. I had to do that when I was 12. Yes. He has to stay off of social media, except <laughs> for political purposes. <laughs> Which, by the way, political purposes could encompass, like, everything you want to say anyway. You just do it as under the guise of a politician. (laughs) He has to uh, pay zero dollars in fines. Sure. um, But, like, $263 in court costs. Mm. Uh, He has to serve a 90-day suspended jail sentence, which actually means he won't be behind bars. what that means eh. suspended jail sentence whatever it means he's not going to jail uh, um, so a thing that and he's on proba- white men yes. get yeah. and he's on probation oh. for a year which means nothing nothing at uh, all. like and honestly if you're being told you need to stay off of facebook that's you're giving him a gift yeah no. that's a reward <laughs> he's gonna get a little spa weekend <laughs> i would love to stay off facebook for oh, a while Jesus. i can't so, and again, I, my takeaway from this is like, what lesson do you want him to learn when this is what your reaction I is? I mean, listen, that's the problem with everything. That's, first of all, it's a problem with, God, what are we even doing? A grown man kicked a kid in the genitals, and everyone was like, it's not that bad. <laughs> you didn't punch him in the face or something really crazy. Like, what are we doing? What, where, where... How are Republicans like, oh, Democrats are so graceless and they have no respect for anybody, but literally anybody can do anything and they'll justify it as long as they're on their team? Yeah, this guy will be on the Supreme Court soon. Give him time. Jesus. Um, one well, more. Well, he's probably too old. What's he, 40, 41? <laughs> no, he's younger. He's in his 20s. He has oh, okay, a chance. okay, so he's on the Supreme Court next year. <laughs> yes. Uh, one more update for you. Uh, I think last week we talked about in South Carolina, there's a school board that decided we have too many COVID cases because we're South South Carolina with very few restrictions Mm -hmm. and too many kids either have COVID or uh, tested positive for COVID or have close contact and they're calling out Mm -hmm. because they have to Mm -hmm. and we can't function. So we're just going to take like two weeks off or whatever. Mm -hmm. We're just going to make you all quarantine. We'll try to do it virtually uh, learning for a little while. And they passed that. The school board decided we're going to just temporary quarantine for everybody. And one board member, Barbara Crosby, uh, was so mad that she was like the one dissenter who's like, no, keep them in school. They must learn in person. And everyone else is like, yeah, we would love to, but yeah. we can't because people are going to die. And she's like, never. Um, so anyway, she, uh, we talked about her because she like walked out of the meeting in a huff. Uh, she wanted schooling so no matter what. And then when a local news uh, news anchor interviewed her for like mm-hmm. 20, 30 minutes and they posted it on Facebook, um, he basically... Uh, said, why do you, basically saying, why do you want school no matter what? I mean, people are going to get hurt mm-hmm. if if they're spreading COVID. And her response was, God decides who lives and dies. So that's why we talked about her before, because this woman's on the school board. And thankfully, she was outnumbered, yeah. but also she's there. So there's an update on her, too, because not long after that meeting, she was arrested. 
Why was she arrested? Tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. Oh, oh, it's something. I, I was sure this is going to end with she died of COVID. No, but not it looks yet. Like not yet. Not yet. Um, it turns out during that same meeting that she barged out of, mm-hmm. out in, out of fury, mm-hmm. she had her grandchildren, or maybe her great grandchildren. News reports said both things. Okay, she had two grandkids sitting in the car by themselves while she's in the meeting. While she's at the meeting, how old are these kids? Four and nine. Just sitting in the car, and I'm going to read from a news Did article about this. Did she the windows like I do for Dottie? I, I don't know. <laughs> the sheriff's office investigation started when a deputy at the district uh, heard loud banging from the door of the center, the, where the board meeting is held, and when he opened the door, Crosby entered the building and said she's late. Uh- the sheriff's office report states that Crosby told the deputy, she's late to the school board meeting. Yeah, yeah. She's trying to get in. Uh. Uh, the report states that Crosby told the deputy that she left her car in the parking lot with her four-year-old and her nine-year-old grandchildren inside the vehicle. The officials said that Crosby also informed a district security officer who then told Crosby she could not leave children in the car. Uh-huh. And according to the report, she proceeded past him and into the boardroom while directing the security officer, quote, to go watch them. I won't even leave Dottie in the car if I have to pick up more than two things at the store. (laughs) What? She barged in late to the school board meeting, told the security officer, hey, see those kids in the car? You deal with them. Yeah, your problem now, Your problem now. You have a badge. And then left them there. And like, as if the cops are her valet and her on-demand babysitters, apparently. Oh, I like, in my head, she kind of did that, like, 1980s thing where you pull up in an airport and someone goes, you can't park here. And the guy goes, keep it, and throws him the keys. That's (laughs) what I imagine she did, but with her her human grandchildren. Right. And when officers (laughs) went to the still-running car... Ooh, is that better or worse than it was running? Uh, There's a nine-year-old. That car could be driven off. But when the officers went to the car and removed the kids and offered to bring them inside the building, Uh uh, the older child said, we can't go in the building because we've been exposed to COVID. Well. Well. (laughs) Well. So here's an update to that update. Well. she has now been charged uh-huh. uh, with leaving her two grandchildren slash great grandchildren or in neglect. The car. Well, um, she had to pay a twenty five thousand dollar bond. Oh. She was charged with two counts of unlawful conduct to a child and one count of statutory misconduct in office. Statutory I, misconduct. Don't ask me the legal things, but yeah. basically, uh, she can't do that, and now she's yeah. punished for it. And Boy. she's still on the school board, and she was elected. <sighs> God, people are, I honestly, I wish I had kids so I could run for a school board because those people can do do anything, apparently. Apparently. I think that's the kind of, like, low-grade power I really need in my life is to just, (laughs) like, be the third most powerful person on a school board and then just really see if I can, like, push the line and see who I can, like, fuck with and be like, I don't know, at least I didn't leave my human children in a car. Uh, I literally, before our road trip, bought a little thermometer to put in a back seat because I was so worried that Dottie would oh overheat back there. Yes, that's because you care. Yes. And she does not. Mm-hmm. Um, here's a, I don't know if this is a happy story, but I'm not <laughs> upset about it. Oh. Uh, there's a is this conservative, a Shackenford yes, Corner? <laughs> yes. Uh, there's a Christian radio host, also a pastor of Denver Bible Church named Bob Enyart, who is famous because when he had his radio show for many years... Uh, back in decades ago, he used to announce the names of people who died of AIDS 
while playing the song uh, Another One Bites the Dust. Oh, this guy. Yes, yes, yes. 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 Real bad time to be a conservative talk show radio talk radio host, uh-huh. huh? Real and dangerous time. He also hosted a wildly misnamed show called Real Science Radio, where they did not talk about real science. Real like R E E L. And they just like the band it's Real all... Big Fish. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Not even stupid. funny. That um, wasn't even anything. <laughs> so his co-host of Real Science Radio uh, announced this week, Bob's dead. From COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, you knew that was coming. Yeah. And he said at the end of this Facebook post, like, the number of lives he touched is immeasurable, and I'm sure Jesus has an extra special place for him in heaven. Well done, good and faithful servant. Heaven's gain has left an enormous hole here on earth. Dot, 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 whatever. So this guy, I cannot, during the AIDS epidemic, yeah. he would read He would, he would read mock. Names. He'd mock. read names, though, right? He'd read their names. Play the song. Like this guy is as bad as you can get. Mm -hmm. No, that's absolutely factually untrue, but he's a huge asshole. Yes, that's the hole that was left. Yeah, I don't know. What am I like? Can I celebrate his death is what I'm asking. Um, He also said he had sworn off taking vaccines because they tested these three products on the cells of aborted babies. They did not. Did not. not Tested? That's nothing. (laughs) I don't. uh, (laughs) He also, by the way, sued the state of Colorado over their COVID restrictions. And a Trump appointed judge was like, good idea. Temporary restraining order on the restrictions. So churches um, could open up. How and many spread people COVID. do you think he killed then? I don't know. It's, like he really took a lot of people probably down. Probably not with zero. Him. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know, but I will tell you this: when I saw his Facebook page uh, shortly after this news, I cannot tell you how many people were posting clips yeah. of Queen. <laughs> I mean, and another one bites the dust. Why not? What, why? Why not? Like yep. he deserves no more. Like. I, you know what? I'm no longer a be the bigger person. I'm not the bigger person. And because, like, who cares? What has being the bigger person got the Democratic Party? Abortion bans and Donald Trump. Yeah. And Brian Kavanaugh. <laughs> Brett. Brett Kavanaugh. Yeah, yeah. I think Brian Kavanaugh is a person I actually know. Nicely done. He's an actor, I think. <laughs> um, I got one last story oh, for okay. you here. Um, you did the thing where you threw it on your pen, so I thought you sorry. were done. <laughs> I'm throwing it out of anger. Oh, okay. I'm not used to seeing emotions, so I was just confused. (laughs) There's a teacher named John Wallace. He was a junior high teacher in Missouri at a place called Neosho Junior High. And on the first day of class, he just had a rainbow flag up in his room Mm. because he just wanted, he said he wanted to make sure LGBTQ students didn't feel excluded. Yay. Um, He did ask for permission, which, don't do that. With your administrators. He's like, is it okay for me to put this in here? And they didn't say no. Forgiveness, not permission, guy. Right, right. But he did say that a bunch of students came up to him later and they said, thank you, because we wouldn't know where else to go. And then days later, the administrator said, you need to take it down. This is at the end of August, but we're finding out about it more recently. Uh Uh, He said he was called into a meeting with the administrators Mm -hmm. because a parent had called them. And um, let me say this slowly. They expressed concern Mm -hmm. that Wallace would, quote, Potentially teach their child to be gay. <laughs> Sorry. I spit fully into this microphone. Jesus. Would teach... Th- what, what age is he teaching? Junior high. Oh, buddy. I have such bad news for you. <laughs> <laughs> now, how would the flag make you gay? I thought long and hard about this. Uh-huh. I could not figure... I mean, well, you could go to a gay bar in San Francisco during Pride Week. 
And you would not turn gay. That's not how the gay works. The thing is, you don't know. Every guy I went to college with who had that Led Zeppelin Dark Side of the Moon um, <laughs> album poster the on their wall, the one of the prism yeah. and the rainbow, every one of those guys is gay now. So it's not <laughs> teaching. It's just if you're in the, the <laughs> if you're near a rainbow too much, yes. it just turns you gay. That's why all leprechauns are famously gay because they're oh, yeah, always obviously. at the end of the rainbow. You've never seen them with wives. <laughs> I mean, never. Yeah. Um, they told him to. I've seen with beards, though. Because they have beard sometimes, and beard is another word for dating a gay man, so people don't know he... Listen, (laughs) honestly, I'm thinking about returning to stand-up comedy because I have been coming out with some zingers. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He basically, the teacher, politely, tried to push back on this stupidity of that. Uh Uh, But no, the administrator said, said, you got to remove the signs, whatever, like, you're all welcome here. And the flag, mm-hmm. which one of the administrators <laughs> compared. Take down, we are all welcome here. Make yeah. sure you list the people who are specifically not welcome, sir. <laughs> um, the, one of the administrators compared his uh, pride flag to a Confederate flag. And here's, I'm quoting what Wallace here. war yeah. did the rainbow flag lose? I cannot remember because <laughs> we won Stonewall, if I remember correctly. <laughs> here's what the teacher said because he's awesome. I was told that in the classroom I have to be middle of the road on political issues, and I said, that's okay. This is not a political issue. Yeah, bud. (laughs) I said, this is a human rights issue. Yeah, bud. And then I was told I have to be middle of the road on human rights. (laughs) (laughs) There's no middle road on human rights. I was told I have to be middle of the road Mm -hmm. on human rights. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. What, what? What's this guy's name? John Wallace. And John he said Wallace. later uh, he's no longer a teacher at that school. He chose to step down um, because he, why would you want to work at a school like that? Out of curiosity, now that it's my business or really matters, does he, did he self-identify as you know part it's, of the queer community or is it just one of those like... I, I would to, wonder the question too and I don't know the okay. answer to that. Um, he Either did, it's a very nice thing to do yeah. for your students. He also said in a tweet, uh, there's never a problem when a heterosexual teacher displays pictures of themselves and their spouses in mm-hmm. the classroom, but I have a flag and all hell breaks loose. Love this um, guy. Where yeah. does this take place? Let's buy uh, dinner. This is Missouri. That's not too far. No. Yeah. Come on down, man. Um, he <laughs> did say, uh, NBC News said Wallace has filed a complaint with the Education Department's Office of Civil Rights, alleging nice. that he faced employment discrimination due to his sexual orientation. Okay. So there, your, your answer fair. right there. Um, but again, it's just for the simplest gesture. <sighs> Boy, that's really good. My, um, uh, I have friends who live in Wheaton. Yeah. Um, so where uh, Wheaton College is? Wheaton College. So Wheaton is just um, north north of where Hemet and I are right now, and it's a very conservative city within a fairly like moderate kind of like suburban exurban area. Um, but they, it's my friend and her her partner moved into this place, and they're like, "There's like three other gay couples on our street because it's a very <laughs> conservative area." And so on, on during Pride Month, they put. Out, um, like on the end of their driveway, a little like cup with mini pride flags, yeah. and just had like take one, and people took them. Oh, and so there was like all the, I was driving down, driving through there, um, in June, and there was so much pride shit. And then you cross a block, and you're literally on the campus of Wheaton College, <laughs> and it takes a hard right turn, and I mean that very literally. <laughs> oh God, I lied. I do have one more story because oh. you're gonna enjoy. How long are we going? Uh, this way is- too long. Um, it's so hot in here. This, that's okay. The, there was a, a two-week revival event earlier this month okay. at a place called Eagle's Rest 
Church in Tennessee, just south of Knoxville. I like Eagle's um, Rest. That's a nice yeah. evocative name. Um, it was called the Prophetic Crusade. And again, two-week-long revival, lots of events, and kind of their headliner. When we say revival, can uh, we're, you... We're just trying to... Like the, uh, the tents you, and... Tent revival. Yeah, except it was indoors at their church. Oh. Yeah. But the so it's like he- a Ren Fair for Christians? Yeah, sure. They, <laughs> the headline preacher was a guy named Jerry Lee Anderson. Mm-hmm. So he's preaching several times over the course of two weeks. He's the snake guys? Uh, this is not a snake okay. guy, but similar mindset. Okay. Um, but because this was a two-week-long thing, I guess he's, like, living temporarily uh, close to the church or in the church or something like that. Sure. Um, and then on Tuesday, a day after this two-week crusade mm-hmm. ended, he was arrested. Why was he arrested? Why? Because it turns out he's a registered sex offender. No. And if you're living, even temporarily, in another state, you got to tell the <gasps> officials. He never told them. And they knew he was there. So they arrested him. Oh, but, but they waited after his little party was done? Well, then? this is when they finally had the authority to do it. Oh, I like see. that that's I don't put this on them. Okay. They did what they had to do. Don't defend the police to me. Um I know, but in this case. <laughs> uh, but here's where it gets worse. First of all, I if you look up why is he a sex offender? Did want to know that. The victim was seven. I, Fuck me, Jesus Christ. I don't know what happened, but that I know that. And then it gets even worse. The pastor of the host church. Uh, Philip Spears, apparently he heard rumors that this guy was a sex offender in the last several days of the revival event. Not before, because apparently they didn't Google the guy. Yeah, they didn't research. But in the last days, plural, of Mm -hmm. the revival event, he heard an inkling that this guy might be a sex offender and did nothing. He just let the guy preach, kids in the audience, whatever. Wow. And then on the last day... Just like Jesus would have done. Yeah. On the last day, he confirmed that the guy was a sex offender. Like, he knew for a fact, because I think the sheriff's office was like, uh, we think this guy is a sex offender. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yes, and, yes, 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 yes. Absolutely, yes, And yes, so the correct. pastor knew he was a sex offender. And what did he say to Anderson? Did he say, get the hell out of my he church and leave? He said, shrug emoji, be cool. <laughs> he said, I cannot have you preaching here. Oh. Why don't you just stand over there and play music instead? <laughs> because, and this is what he told me. So he's like, go do a DJ set. Yeah. Uh, and when he explained this to the local news later, he said, the church is for everybody. I don't feel comfortable turning someone away from a house of God. Uh-huh. Uh, sir, hi, my name is Jessica. I'm attracted to women. Can I come to your revival, please? No, you're not ah! welcome here. Yeah. Um, so basically, he welcomes the child molester in his church, knowing he's a child molester while they are childs in mm. the audience. Childs? Yep. Uh, and <laughs> cool. there you go. That's why they're more ethical than you, you yeah. godless heathen. You guys are doing well. Now I'm done. <laughs> oh, the unforced errors they, they knock up for us. Okay, I have a couple things that I want to talk about before we go. Um, first, um, friend of the show, Tyler Meesum, he was a guest on the show, God, maybe six months back, talking about his, uh, his documentary, Murder Among the Mormons, which, if you haven't watched it, is great. If you haven't listened to the interview, I think it's really good. He's genuinely one of the nicest, most fun people. Um, he just kickstarted a new... Um, a new podcast and I wanted to give it a plug mostly because he texts me to ask me and it's the only time I've been useful to anybody else. Okay. So his podcast is, was I in a cult? Um, I'm going to read the little thing hosted by uh, filmmaker, Tyler Meesum and writer comedian, uh, Liz Io 
Ayakuzi. I got it. That's why I wasn't paying attention earlier. I was trying to figure out how to pronounce her name. Ayakuzi. This documentary-style podcast showcases individuals who have been in and, most importantly, successfully left a cult. Told firsthand by the episode's subjects themselves, these are tales of what it means to be a survivor. Using a bit of comedy, levity, and infotainment, the show humanizes the cultic experience and may leave some listeners asking themselves if they, too, have ever been in in a cult. Um, so yeah, I'm, I think people will find that pretty relevant to their interests if they're thinking, if they're listening to this and Tyler is genuinely, um, a a great person and fun to listen to. So I'd recommend that to you all. Do you have anything you want to plug or anything? Sure. I'm sure I do, but I don't care. Okay. Um, also go to Patreon slash dot com slash friendly atheist podcast. Um, the, my Mikey, my husband and I just released the last canonical episode of Cooper Duper podcast. (laughs) Um, we watched the movie. Have you ever heard of the movie inland empire? No, uh, it is a three hour nightmare fest. Um, so we watched that and then tried to make heads or tails of it. It ended up being, three hours long and I think we each drank a bottle and a half of wine during recording. It got pretty fucking loose toward the end. Um, but it was really fun. I really listened, really listened to it. It's, it's an interesting conversation about like what artists owe to their, um, you know, to people who are watching it and doesn't matter that David Lynch doesn't give a fuck if I like his movies or none. What does that mean? Anyway, I'd recommend it if you're looking for something, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jess Bloomke. Um, if you would like to buy a cross stitch from me, I have um, some time right now to work on those things. Go to Etsy, bitches get stitch done, um, and I will uh, work with you to create something. You can just buy something I already sell. Um, email us. Oh, you know, we have a landmark uh, ep- um, podcast episode number coming up. We're coming up to like 400 or something like that. Whoa. Yeah, should we like do something for our four hundredth? No. Is it four hundred? <laughs> Nobody knows for sure. It is. This is three nine two. Three nine two. So eight weeks. Uh-huh. We'll have to figure something out. Oh, also I'm gonna be in Portland in October and I might do a meetup there. Um Portland, Oregon, not not the other one. Anyway, so <laughs> tune in for that. All right. And that's we'll it. See you next week. Okay, goodbye. Bye.